0: Today we're in Hebrews. We're, we've, we've been reading through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, January to December, and uh, this week, today, we started the book of Hebrews, and we spent a couple of days in Hebrews before we get into the, the rest of the books of the Bible, and as I was mapping out the messages for the year, and I noticed, I thought, well, what what passage falls on Christmas Day? Because whatever passage falls on Sunday, that's the passage I preach on. I've been telling you all that all year long, If as we do the, the Bible Project reading plan, whatever passage falls on sunday that's what i preach on um and so guess what next sunday i'm preaching a christmas message from second john <laughs> yeah you, you if you're here you'll hear it so there you go um God has said it. God said it. All the messages this year are about God has spoken. God spoke from out of time into time. God spoke from his infinity into the void of nothingness and and spoke creation into existence. God said, let there be light. Boom, there's light. God said, let there be trees trees you say God spoke it into existence pick whatever part of creation you like and understand that God conceived of it in his heart and mind and spoke it into existence God said let here you go I'm gonna throw one out there people like it when I pick weird things all right here you go God said let there be snails snails so when you look at creation you're looking at the manifestation of God's spoken word Whatever you're looking at, I mean, anything you look at, God spoke it into existence, alright? So, uh, that's, that's one way that God has said it. The second way God has spoken is through his written word. I believe it all, Genesis to Revelation. Uh, I, I believe that he he breathed it out, inspired it, so that uh, the the writers of the Bible wrote it down by God's inspiration. Uh, Forty writers, a couple of continents, a few hundred years. But one author, God's the author, he gave it to us. He has preserved it by his spirit through the ages so that we can read the Bible with confidence. That God has spoken, okay. And then the third way that God has spoken is just the living Word of God, which is Jesus. John tells us in, in in John one that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Somebody told me this week. She said, "You know, when you're preaching, you have to listen fast." And then somebody actually asked me this morning if I'd ever been diagnosed ADD. I'm like, I don't know where that comes from. I don't understand that at all. (laughs) It's all about Jesus, y'all. Perfect time to say that. It's Christmas. It's all about Jesus. You see, everything that we do, everything that we we conceive of in a place such as this, call it, you know, the worship center, the sanctuary. A lot of people like to call it the church. It's not, but you can call it that if you want to. We're the church. But everything that we do in this context is about Jesus. We're to lift high the name of Jesus. We're to exalt Jesus. We're to to celebrate Jesus. We're to recognize and acknowledge that our identity in Christ is all about Jesus. You see, when we leave this place in, in about, I don't know, 35 minutes, we go out into a world that needs Jesus. And so we go out from here living Jesus in the world around us. Hebrews is a message that God delivered through the pen of what most scholars say we don't know. Most scholars will tell you we don't know who the author of Hebrews is. There are a lot of, a lot of different ideas. Most would say it's, it's Paul the Apostle some will say it was apollos who was one of the leaders of the corinthian church there there are others that 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 sort of i happen to be one of those folks that because it goes back to a a distant uh, uh in the church that, that Paul was the author I think he's writing to a different cause and a, a different audience and so sometimes it doesn't read like his other writings and, and yet it quotes so much of Israel's history so much of the Old Testament that it, it, it shows that the author of this, this book had a really intimate knowledge of what God had done through his people Israel through the Hebrew people throughout the Old Testament and how Jesus is the fulfillment of all that God promised his people in the Old Testament. So I camp out with Paul, all right? Just telling you that. Uh, Others will say they don't know who it's written to because the name for the book of Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews, the epistle to the Hebrews is, is sort of attached later because it seems to be written about Hebrews to Hebrew people right? So, so we call it the book of Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews. It certainly explains what God was doing uh, to people who had a Hebrew understanding of God, all right? So that's where we are. So the book starts this way. We're reading Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. Here you go. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. Well, there you go. Our ancestors kind of tells you. He spoke by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory the exact expression of his nature sustaining all things by his powerful word after making purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high so he became superior to the angels just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs all righty we're going to take this apart for a few minutes and then we're going to do something different all right ready let's pray god thank you for the morning and and just again the opportunity to worship to be able to gather and, and, and to celebrate and know, God, that you've told us in your word that when we meet like this, you meet with us. And so, God, we want to want stop. We want to turn down the noise of the world around us. God, we even want to turn down the, the whole secular expression of Christmas so that we might understand and celebrate the birth of our Savior. And, God, if there's even one person here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, God, we want to we introduce them. We want people to know Jesus this morning, so we want to lift him high. God, we know that, that that our lives as your people is all about Jesus. And so God help us to help us to make the most of that this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen so so a lot of times you'll see in the new testament uh outlines in most of paul's gospel uh, paul's letters his epistles you'll see in an outline form some scholar which i'm not will write an outline they'll say that paul is establishing the supremacy of christ okay the supremacy of Christ, that, that Christ is supreme. Christ is the, the first, the most, the best, the highest, all of that, that, that. And so this text, these four verses actually deal with the fact that, that Paul is establishing for for the, the, the people that he's writing to, the Hebrew people, that all the stuff that God did and said before Jesus was leading to, pointing to, and ultimately about Jesus. Okay? So, uh, that's why I say when we gather in worship like this, if we're not talking about Jesus, man, we've missed it. I mean, you can go, I don't want to sound critical or anything, but you can go some places in worship and never hear the name Jesus. Right? So, we want to make the most of it because Jesus is supreme. God spoke. Now, quite honestly, y'all got the whole message in the introduction this morning. God spoke, God has spoken, God speaks, right, God continues to to give us his word, to illuminate his word, to explain to us what he is doing, what he has done, what he's doing today, what he's going to continue to do. See, God doesn't change, God's the same, he's the same yesterday, today, forever, that's in the book of Hebrews, how about that? You see? So, so God has spoken. Here's my challenge to all of us, though, is that when we look at the specifics, it's very easy to sit in a crowd like this, right? And to say, yep, God spoke to them, right? To always look at the other. And it's easy in a crowd like this to kind of not draw attention or not to uh, accept and assume that, guess what? God's speaking to you and to me. God's got a word for us. You see? The word. Now, I love the logos of Greek. The, the word logos in Greek, which is, is translated word, and how it plays from, from the very beginning of the Bible all the way through. Somebody asked me the other week after I was saying the whole thing about God created by his spoken word, let there be light, right? They said, well, how how, how do you think that happened? I said, well, what did God speak? And, And he said, words? I said, yeah, God spoke the word. Wait a minute. And then John told us in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh. And from Genesis 1 all the way through the Bible, the word of God. you want to hear God speak, you better pay attention to the word. And I mean that in every sense of the word. All right, let's practice. All right, ready? I'm going to count to three. Y'all all all say word together. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, do it like it was woo. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three yeah word see i I mean that's the whole thing this idea that that god speaks god communicates god wants you to know his will for you god wants you to know his design for you and your life you know i I got in this conversation with somebody doesn't really believe in god a few weeks ago that's actually several months ago And it's when I sort of fashioned sort of a, what I would call a more philosophical kind of approach to it. There's a divine identity out there. Something bigger than we are. What do you call that? I call it God. Guess what? If there is a divine identity, which I like to call God, who has a Divine design, which we'll call creation, which we are a part of. God has a design right here. He designed it. Guess what? You can't recreate this. I don't care what what laboratory you get in and try to connect dots and things. You can't recreate the systems of the human body and then stab some electricity into it and expect it to work. Franken-whatever's tried it. right? God designed it. God is the one who breathed alive into it. And you say life into it, but but there, there, there's a hard time translating that that word from Hebrew, where God breathed and man became alive somehow, alive different from the animals. Alive different from the snails, since that's the focal animal this morning. Alive in a way that the rest of creation is not alive. And that's God's design, divine design. So if there's a divine identity, a divine design, then there is a divine plan that God is working. God's at work. God spoke, God spoke a message, a message of truth, a message of life, a message of hope. So when all the world around us is is hopeless, and I talked to somebody about that this week, when all the world around us is hopeless, say, God is hope. So God has spoken. God has spoken a message. And thus, in this text, it goes down. He says he spoke to us through prophets uh, in different times and different ways. In these last days, he's spoken to us through this, by his son and appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. That's the whole creative process of the word. God spoke word, word became flesh. That's the whole create all of creation made through the word, which is Jesus. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word and after making purification for sin after jesus died on the cross and rose again he sat down the right hand of the majesty on high and he became superior to the angels what does that mean that doesn't mean he wasn't superior to the angels it means he took the form of humanity died like humanity rose again for humanity and sat down at the right hand of God and inherited the name which is more excellent than theirs just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs God spoke Jesus is the messenger now guess what I was talking to Gene this morning who's back there listening on the internet I'm trying to get stuff out of the way just so you know I'm going to hand you a microphone alright so we're going to play Phil Donahue this morning how many people remember Phil Donahue? ok you're old ok If I remember him, I'm old. If you remember him, you're old. All right. Somebody said something about, um, I hear hear it all the time. People say, I I believe God's called me to ministry. I say, Are you a Christian? They say, Yeah. I said, Then yes, God's called you to ministry. Might not be vocational, but God's called you to ministry. God's called you to minister to the world the message of his love and his hope. Question is, are you doing it so three years ago well about four years ago now uh john mcgee and his family started attending the gathering and uh and and i met them and they came in with four kids and and that'll get your attention you walk in here with four kids okay and uh, john i started having coffee together and john said you know god's brought me here for a time and this was his exact words of leadership development. Wasn't that it? Yeah, leadership development. So we met every Tuesday morning for coffee, and I began just hammering him with questions. Well, what about this? What'd this look like? What about that? What'd that look like? What do you think God meant to do in there? Well, what was God doing there? And I just kept going at it, right? Well, then later that year in in 2019, things around here changed a little bit. And so I started talking to him. I said, all right, well, is God calling you to serve in the body? in the congregation kind of thing he said yeah i I, I believe he is well guess what we had a whole shift at the end of 2019 and 2020 we had four full-time new pastors john was one of those guys john's been the community pastor now for the last three years and this is his last day so some of y'all seen that message in that note so god spoke god spoke a message god sent a messenger and he's still sending messengers so back in june john said i think i think i'm going to be moving on from the staff from the role of pastor here i was like okay where are you going well, i'm not real sure yet we're just kind of going to follow god's leadership so that worked out from about june i think was when you first said that to me, to us and me and and as it works out, God has has assigned him something as a messenger. So what we've done is, and, and I'll tell you this at the end, I'm going to let John preach point three. He's going to come and share you what God has established for him as a messenger of the gospel, all right? John, and here, should I introduce it? They're about half here. They're just about half here. Austin, stand up and wave at everybody. Go ahead. I know you love doing this, Yes. Cameron, stand up and wave at everybody. No. <laughs> Kylie, stand up and wave. No. Okay, John, come on down. Luke, stand up and wave at everybody. No. <laughs> Man, uh,
1: how many... <sighs> One of the things I love about this place is that Bobby always delivers a gospel message, right? You're, you're never going to come into this place and not hear him preach the gospel, right? Accurately. In your language, right? A third of us in the world have never heard the gospel. A third. That's like 3 billion people. 3 billion with a B. Put that in perspective. In the United States, our population in the United States in 2022 was something like 338 million with an million. You can fit that nine times into three billion. That's a lot of people. That's a staggering number of people who not only have never received the gospel, but don't even have the gospel in their own language, most of them. Um, our journey started back in, <laughs> uh, leading up to this point, probably two thousand nine, somewhere in there. Um, and God just started firing us up. My wife and I have both had a heart for missions for a long time. And, um, long story short, cause I can't share it all with you and I don't have a lot of time to do it. Um, we met a missionary along the way. Uh, his name is Jeff Ryder. He was in Papua New Guinea for 20 years. Uh, he went to, a, uh, a people group that had never been reached before. Nobody knew their language. Nobody knew their culture. Um, he went in, uh, learnt, like just lived with them for the first three years. He was just learning their language. Uh, learned their language, learned their culture, gave them a written language, uh, taught them how to read and write in their own language, and then shared the gospel with them. And had a few of the, the tribal members converted. And uh, and then he started discipling those people, and he set up an indigenous tribal church in Papua New Guinea that's now out planting churches in Papua New Guinea. So he um, he came and and shared his story at a church that we were going to, and I met him and his wife, and um, and we've just together over the years we've kept in touch, and um, and he both of us through all the things that God's been taking us through have kind of connected, and um, he called me about what, four months ago now, three, three, four months ago now, um, and said, uh, hey, John, um, the church that I'm going to up here in in Pennsylvania has just donated us their church building to to do a missionary training center to reach the unreached peoples of the world. Will you and your family come up and, and do this with us? And I was like, Jeff, no, you're high. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not, I'm not moving from Topsail to to outside of Pittsburgh uh to 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 do anything, <laughs> you you know, much less go uh you know rough it. Um so he was like, all I'm asking you to do is pray, go home, pray with your wife, and uh, and, and get back with me. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll go pray. So I go home, and I go, Austin, uh, Jeff Ryder asked us to go start this missionary training center up in Pennsylvania. I told him he was high. Let's let's just pray about it. Uh, so about a month goes by, and Jeff reaches back out, sends me a text message. He's like, hey, man, um, would you? Uh, did you talk to your family? You know, where are we at? And I was like, you know, I'm a space cadet. Let me, let me, uh, let me pull my family together and see where we're at. So, uh, pulled my family in, or I, actually, I pulled Austin in. And a, as I was starting the conversation with my wife, my daughter came in and sat on the end of the bed. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. <laughs> She's sitting over there. So, um, so I, so I said, Austin, you know what do you think about this this whole deal with Jeff and, and this missionary training center in Pennsylvania? And she said, um, she said, I think the only thing that's keeping us from doing that is selfish motivation, us wanting to hold on to things here. Uh, and, and I don't know that that's a reason for us to tell God no. <laughs> to tell God no, right? No. Um, my daughter starts crying on the end of the bed, right? So I've... Uh, for the last, I mean, her whole life, um, I've moved our kids around a lot. Um, I was government contractor before, uh, before I came to do this and dog trainer and kind of all over the place. Um, but they've never really been able to put down roots. Um, so I thought when she started crying that she was going, Oh, here we go again, right? (laughs) Like we're getting ready to get uprooted and everything's going to get pulled out from underneath this. So I'm like breaking a little bit inside. Um, and then she starts talking, and she goes, Dad, we've all got a heart for this. Why don't you bring the boys in, and let's talk about it as a family. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So we pulled the boys in, and we started laying it out. Just, you know, where's everybody at? My, my oldest son's called to missions. He wants to go through the missionary training center when he turns 17. Uh, my my middle son and my youngest son were both kind of like, oh, can we say goodbye to our friends? <laughs> yeah, you can say bye to your friends. Okay, then we're good. <laughs>
2: you know, like so the whole family was on the
1: same page. We were like, let's go, right? So I was like, all right, well the only thing I've got to do is is call Jeff. Let's go up there and check it out and just see if God gives us peace about this. Cause he's already led us into it. Um, so we go up to Pittsburgh. Um just backstory before we go to Pittsburgh, God, God has been kind of firing me up towards uh church planting i've been talking to bobby about that for just going god god's been putting this church planting thing in my heart and and like i'm i'm praying over it. i don't really know why i don't know you know because i don't feel like i'm gonna go do a church plant but i feel like maybe planting the seed of the church in the community i don't know so i just started studying church right like what is the church um didn't have any clue that's what God was leading us into with this missionary training center. So um uh, when you go as a as a missionary out into the world to reach unreached people groups, um uh, the mission is to go it's it's you talked about it, right? So all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Christ. He's seated with him in heavenly places, right? He seated us with him in heavenly places. And then in the end of Matthew, he he encouraged all the disciples, he commanded all the disciples all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so go and make disciples of all the earth, right? Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. And know I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. But, but there's that part that I skipped right there that says teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. That's the church. The church is equipping, training and equipping believers for the work of ministry, right? So that's, that's what a missionary goes to do. We think of missions, and a lot of times we think of just going to do some kind of service project or, or going to share the gospel one time and then scooting, or going to spend, spend a short period of time and then scooting, right? A missionary's job to the unreached people groups is to go in and stay with them until they're established as a church, so that's our mission with, with finding the few. So um we're getting ready to uh to go up today, right? When we leave here, we're, we're we're I just um we just packed up our house yesterday. Uh where's I walked in and I'm looking at an empty house. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how, how much God has blessed us with, not in the things that were taken out of that house. None of that matters a bit. We could have left all, we could, we could have, I told Bobby, I'm at the point where I could just chuck a match in the back of these trucks right now. Just burn it to the ground because none of that matters. We were created on purpose for a purpose, and our purpose is to take the gospel to the ends of the world to make sure that those people who have never heard the gospel, spoken in their own tongue, have heard it. What's, the, what's it's, uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? But how can they believe if they don't hear, and how can they hear if somebody doesn't take it to them? Right? So that's what we're about. That's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're, we're taking our, the, we sold a lot of it, but we're, but we're taking what's left of our stuff up to Pittsburgh tomorrow or today. Um, and we're going to start this missionary training center. And I just want to share this and my wife's going to be mad at me that I do probably, but I'm going to share it anyways. Um, we, uh, the, uh, the other night we're sitting down and we're we're looking at uh so we we're, we're, we made a little bit of money off of our house here and uh and we were looking at properties and houses up there and trying to figure out what our our housing situation is going to be like and we see this house and it's like a 1800s house and my wife and I have always wanted to restore an old house like that and it's like the bones of it are awesome it's like dry basement solid roof it's a great house Uh, And we're looking at it, and it's within our budget, right? We've got the money to pay cash for it and not have a house payment. So we're we're looking at that, and we're going, "This is killer, right? Like, yeah. So we get ready to go to bed. Um, I send send our realtor uh, an offer to put in for us. We're getting ready to go to bed. I go lay down, and I go to sleep. Austin stayed up beyond me, um, and she started tooling around on her phone, looking up, what is, uh, you know, Uh, what does an 1800s house look like restored? You know, trying to imagine restoring this house. And as she's doing that, the Holy Spirit checked her heart, and she realized that the affections of her heart had started to shift from going to plant this missionary training center to rehabbing an old house. And she she stopped, and she pushed me (laughs) and woke me up and said, I don't think we need to buy this house and I said, well, why? And she's, so she explained that to me. She said, you know, I think about these missionaries. We've, we've read a lot of stories about missionaries who have gone out and, um, you know, they've got a connection with this person in this tribe, and the day before they get there, their connection for the person in the tribe dies and never receives the gospel. Us spending the money that we have on from this house on us buying another house and rehabbing it, <laughs> could mean the difference between life or death for one of those people. And I said, Austin, that's more beautiful on you than any dress you could ever put on. So we're all in. We're all in. And I want to challenge you guys. uh, We walk by faith and not by sight, right? God's going to call you guys out into faith in things. And you can't serve two masters. You're either, you're either for him or you're against him. When you, read, when you read about the lukewarm in Revelation, it says that God will spew them out of his mouth. Some translations say spit. The, the way that that word is translated, though, is basically vomit. So be hot or, or cold, right? God, God's like, pick one, pick a side you're for me or you're against me walk by faith so we're stepping out so I I told Bobby I was I was was stepping out of here um stepping out of the salary at the church here and we're going into a a a situation where it's a a missions type endeavor so we're we have to raise our own support we don't know what all of those other things on the other end are going to look like so um we're going to be out at the table out there. I've got some cards out there, prayer cards. Uh, pick one of those up. If you want to ask us more about our story or anything like that, my number's on the card. You can talk to us in there as, as much as we can get out. Uh, yeah. But. All right.
0: I'm going to get you all to stand there, all four of you. Scott, I'm going to get you to come over here. Pastor Scott, Any Nick or anybody else in the room. <clears throat> We're going to pray for him. Okay. As a family, because they they literally we we loaded 2 you all yesterday, and here they go, all right, Scott here, take this, lift them up in prayer, and um
2: amen hey, let's pray, Father, we just thank you for John and Austin, this beautiful family, and the time they spent here, Lord, uh just being trained and equipped, and Lord now they go forth, and Lord as a the gathering, we just lay our hands on them we send them forth. Lord, with uh, your blessing, we just pray, God, as they travel, that they'll have a safe travel there, and that uh, safe settling in. And God, just let your um, purpose and your message and your word just burn in their hearts, and just give them wisdom and guidance, Lord, as they begin this new ministry in their lives. And uh, just, um, God, we thank you that you're the God of provision. So, Lord, just provide all of their needs and help us here as a as a gathering, Lord, to continue to lift them up in prayer and, um, and support and that they have a home here. But, Lord, we just send them forth now with your blessing. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is upon them mightily to do your work. In Jesus' name, be glorified.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Guys, y'all head to the table out there. Go ahead. Because when I dismiss these folks, I want y'all to be there to talk. If you go talk to John and Austin and the kids, you can get a chocolate chip cookie. Because <laughs> they're out there on the table with them, okay? All right, there you go. That's the incentive. Uh, no, but really. Uh, we, we, we've included finding the few in John's family in the budget for the new year. at, at kind of the where we support missionaries from, from here all the way around the world. Uh, you can support them individually if you'd like to. They have a brochure. They have a bookmark. It's got a little QR code on it. I have no idea what those things do. But anyway, uh, you just scan it, and, and you can support them individually if you'd like to. Certainly, we're going to support them with prayer. We're just going to be praying for those guys. They'll be back sometime. They'll come and share with us some things and that kind of stuff. So, so y'all pray for them and, uh, and, and support them if God leads you. All righty? Very good. Man, y'all can come on up here because we're going to do one song dismissed. But here you go. Here's my challenge to you guys out of Hebrews chapter 1. If God has spoken and God has spoken a message and God has established the messenger, and obviously Jesus was the messenger referred to in Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, and obviously John and Austin and their family are going to be messengers to somewhere in the woods outside Pittsburgh. Are you the messenger God's called you to be to your Pittsburgh or to your Jerusalem or to your whatever? See, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have the message. If you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. If you know Jesus, but the world has crowded out, you're living the message then what the Bible says is we must confess and repent and turn back to him, okay? So we're going to sing, you just do what God's telling you to do, all right? Don't do what I'm telling you to do. Don't do what John's telling you to do. Do what God's telling you to do because that's more important, all right?